0: Everybody. Welcome to Marvel Champions Monthly. We are a somewhat more frequently than monthly podcast about the card game Marvel Champions by Fantasy Flight Games. I'm one of your hosts, Kennedy Hawk. I've got two hosts with me today. We've got Crimson. How's it going, Crim?
1: It's going good.
0: It's going great over there. You've got like a little uh, project you're working on. Do you want to tell people about it?
1: Yeah, that's kind of why I didn't do the assignment very much. <laughs> got a <laughs> little busy. Um,. I pretty much have been... So, everybody knows that I'm a big fan of the original Overpower. But it's so dated. It's convoluted. It's definitely a 90s... Or, you know, it's a 90s card game. Uh, which means it was way over complicated than what it needed to be. So, I've been working on creating like... Over... I've been calling it Overpower 2020. um, And it's just... It's a much more streamlined. It's more like a card battler instead of like, you know, with venture and bidding and stuff like that. It's just fight. Um, I, I love Marvel Champions, but, you know, sometimes I want to play player versus player instead of player versus the environment. And so I, I've just been working on creating a couple cards. I'm hoping that once a little bit more playtesting is done, it, it'll get out there and, you know, Marvel Champions has a huge homebrew scene where people are making their own content for the game well hopefully if they like this, if they like the mechanics of the game engine that I designed, then they can make you know heroes and villains for for it themselves and you know it, it could be pretty fun and it's all open source anybody can do anything with it. nobody's making any money, so you know yeah I, i'm I'm sure technically there's there's some fair usage you can use in there since, you know, there is you know, we are using Marvel cards on online, but uh, it's kinda it's kinda weird, kind of you know, strange how it that gets in, but it's it's just for fun. It's just like homebrew stuff. A Most things project. It looks Yeah, cool. exactly, you know, so I'm just like, hey, let people enjoy that. I've been working on it for about a year now. Um I have a bunch of other cards in the back burner right now. I just have um, Wolverine, Jean Grey, Iceman, Magneto, Sabretooth, and Mystique finished. Um, working on Avengers characters right now. So, looks fun. And hopefully, maybe you should see a couple videos and maybe me and Kennedy Hot trying, trying some games out.
0: Let's do it. We'll schedule it. It'll be sweet. sweet. Yeah. And we've got cop. How's it going? Yeah, I'm here too. What's up? You're here too. Yep, you (laughs) exist. It's true. No Americano, but we're going to venture on. We are in episode two of three, talking about Mad Titan Shadow. So last episode, we talked all about the hero cards, the two new amazing heroes you get. Today, we're going to talk about the first three campaign scenarios. So that's Ebony Maw. Leave now if you don't want more spoilers. Tower Defense. Again, leave now if you don't want even more spoilers and Thanos. What? Thanos is the middle villain? We can talk all about that too.
1: Yeah, that, that that was the kind of the weird shocker for me.
0: Big shocker, right? Before we get too far, we can do our MCM matchup for this two-week period or segment. So Crimson, last time you challenged people to play... Characters with their least favorite aspect, or their least like synergistic aspect, who do you think the top three heroes played were?
1: Considering I pushed Hulk, I'm going to assume it was Hulk.
0: Hulk was third.
1: Really? Nice. Well, yeah, hopefully some new people got an appreciation for uh, just an excellently well-designed character.
0: He's mean, he's green, he's on the scene. The most played deck was Groot leadership. So. Whoa. Huh. <laughs> people were like why would i ever do this and they might be right but they had a fairly good win rate still so nice the, the win rate wasn't horrible so that that made me feel a little better um 65% win rate over all the responses so lower than the last challenge or two challenges ago but i think that's expected since you're playing like hard decks right yeah second most played character protection Hawkeye. Isn't that embarrassing? People <laughs> think Hawkeye is bad. I am disgusted. And those weren't all me. Trust me. I didn't even play Hawkeye in this channel. <laughs> I was one of those idiots that played leadership group. So, it went well.
1: I, I just, I, I, I enjoy finding the weirdness in it. and You know, the, the the Hulk Justice decks are just super fun. But they are different. They hit different. <laughs> I would love to see some testimonials from people,
0: yeah yeah we can we can get people to post I'm, about them in our discord. There's a channel where people can post all about however it went for them, so I would yeah. say definitely join there and talk about it.
2: I'm just disappointed that they're not calling leadership group um like cedarship or leafership. <laughs> I think those are all good I
1: li- I like cedarship, but it's
2: yeah good.
1: see
2: <laughs> yeah, so cedarship. <Sorry>. <laughs> Cedar chip or
0: Cedar ship?
2: Cedar ship. I can't, I can't, yeah, I can't change the whole word, but you know, you you get the joke. Like it's pretty good. I think it's good. It's good. Thank you. I approve.
0: All right. Well, we've rotated through all four of us. So I'm going to go back and do the next challenge. If we ever have a guest host, we almost had one today and then I scared them away. We'll make them do a challenge, but until then we'll just keep rotating. So I know not everybody has, mad titan's shadow yet so i'm not going to use anything for mad titan's shadow yet but i'm going to use something that hopefully adder cop and i are very excited about so this is what everybody's going to do everybody that wants to so all four listeners you're going to play crossbones who's one of my favorite villains yes. from rise of the red skull with really low threat thresholds and all sorts of things and he comes with three modular sets. So I have like infinite cosmic power right now. I could pick three things you have to mix in. But, plot twist, we're not going to use normal modular sets. What you're going to mix in is Captain America's Nemesis set with Baron Zemo, Black Widow's Nemesis set with Taskmaster, and Spider Woman's Nemesis set with the Viper. So that's three Hydra Nemesis sets. You're going to get nine Hydra minions mixed in and multiple copies of Hail Hydra. And I want to see how it works out. I'm pretty excited.
2: This is already um, spectacular.
0: So you're going to use Nemesis sets as if they were modular sets in this scenario. Hit Squad from Captain America is going to show up and make everybody mad. Um, Taskmaster could be the first boost card of the game just to ruin your day. So be prepared. And if you decide to play Captain America, Black Widow, or Spider-Woman, if you draw Shadows of the Past, you don't have the set-aside Nemesis, so it's just going to surge on you. Yeah, no big deal. No big deal. You just get a new card, and it's probably worse. So there you go. That's the challenge. Very Hydra-themed, and then maybe for the next one, um, we'll be more excited to... We'll be done with our Mad Titan Shadow episodes at that point, so then we can say, let's use MTS cards in our challenge.
2: Boom, boom. I'm actually starting the challenge right now. I'm already I'm actually playing it as we speak.
0: Hold on. Didn't you get emailed that commercial? Um, who's our sponsor this
2: week? Oh, man. Okay. Let me move all these cards out of the way. Okay. Let's see here. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, is this. I don't even know this email address. Um. Okay. Today's MCM sponsor is. No, hold on. Kennedy hawk's mom oh yeah okay she still plays the internet so yeah she's our sponsor it's
0: totally true one of our four listeners is my mom so thanks mom but you know she's gonna cut me off someday so someday sometime we will need your support and if you want to support the mcm podcast you can go to patreon.com slash mcm podcast there's a bunch of different reward tiers for different shoutouts on the show discord channel access and all sorts of things this week we're gonna thank Mika. And Loch Ness, thank you so much for supporting MCM and to all our patrons and everybody in the community um, for hanging out and talking about Marvel Champions.
2: Even if you didn't support the show. Yeah, uh, even if you didn't
0: support the show. Even if you support not the show, that's totally fine, too. Just buy Marvel Champions, basically.
1: I have an idea. What about if we hit an arbitrary number and if we hit it, we stop doing the commercials? (laughs) because i would pay to to have the commercials in
0: if we hit arbitrary number i think crimson will all the commercials in the future that is the deal so i don't know what that number is it's like two cents or something um so starting now
2: i've heard a bounce here
1: (laughs) they're so cringe
2: (laughs) that's the point come on they're fun they're great and they're all real,
0: 100% authentic. No one emailed this one in at all, <laughs> making fun of me for my mom paying my internet. Trust me. What a deal. I wish my mom paid my internet.
1: Actually, I kind of did too.
0: <laughs> See? Y'all are jealous.
1: Internet's expensive. It's like 120 bucks.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, on to Bad Titan Shadow. We are in the shadows of the Mad Titan. So, Mad Titan Shadow is a five scenario box. We're going to go over the first three. And I think Crimson was going to overview Ebony Maw for us.
1: Sure, sure, sure. Um, Ebony Maw, he's kind of a... Honestly, nothing too crazy with him. The spells are a little unique, but they're not crazy. So Ebony Maw is a two-scheme, one attack. I'm just going to talk about his, his base stuff. Force Interrupt. When he activates it again, she'd remove one evocation counter from each spell card in your play area. Um, His upgraded version is going to be the same thing with removing the counters, and then when revealed, each player discards cards from the top of the encounter deck until they discard a spell card and put that card into play. Um, Now, it is interesting is each player will do this. So, you will get lots of spell cards out. He does have eight spell cards. Um, Unfortunately, I don't know what his level three does because I don't have that up. Um,
0: or alert, it puts out another spell card for each player.
1: Okay, the attack on nowhere, which is his main scheme, looks um, like standard set and two modular sets. Uh, the ones they're recommending are armies of Titan and Black Order. I did not play him with those. I I did not play him as part of the campaign. I just played him standalone. So I used, uh, you know, some ones that I were was more familiar with so that way I wasn't seeing a ton of new cards I'll see more you know each new card that I was seeing was his um I like the spells I think it's an um, it, it's pretty fun I dislike the surge on everything because I'm not a fan of surge in general I think it's a a crutch but I like the spells the spells are fun i I do think they were a little easier than they should have been. Um, it makes a difference being able to see what's coming and being able to play plan plan around them versus having the more surprise aspect of you know flipping things over, and, you know not knowing if that's going to be an assault or a scheme or something like that. Um, but yeah, he, his he's got four spells. He's got two of each. He's got Rumblestorm, uh, Pacification, Manipulation. And Fireball, by far, Manipulation is the worst one. Um, I, I am kind of going over the spells because they're the kind of the unique thing in his thing. So Rumble Storm is going to come into play with three counters on it. So, um, you know, it's going to tick down each turn. After the last counter is removed, you're going to discard it, and it's going to deal two damage to each character you control. So very strong against Leadership characters. Um, I guess justice, it it was not that big of a deal. I was able to just heal through that. Uh, pacification, uh, three counters also. When you remove the last counter, you're going to exhaust each upgrade you control, and then you are stunned. I wasn't playing a character, uh, so I was playing Hulk, uh, justice, but this is actually what I played the challenge on. Um... The exhausting the upgrades wasn't a big deal for me, but I could definitely see it in a, in a more upgrade-heavy deck like an Iron Man deck. Pacification is gonna hurt. The stun sucked. That That's what sucked the most for me, because well, Hulk does not like being stunned. Manipulation. Not, th- this card was the one that really hurt me the most, especially since I was playing Hulk, which has four hand size. Um... Two counters, when you remove the last counter, you discard one card at random from hand, and you are confused. So not only was I playing Hulk, which has a very low hand size, I was also playing Justice, so this one was a pain in the butt for me. Um, It also comes with two counters instead of three, so it was popping off quicker, so less time for setups and stuff on that. And his last one is Fireball. It comes with four counters, so you get plenty of time to prepare for it. When you remove the last counter, it's going to deal 4 damage to your identity. It does not matter if you're in Alter Ego or in Hero form. It's just straight up 4 damage to the identity. Um, beyond that, he has, a, he has a, uh, 2 of the same side scheme, Reactor Overload. And each player must choose to take 2 damage or place 2 threat here. And it's got a Crisis icon. So you're going to end up either taking a little bit of damage and making it easier to... Get bust through it, and get back to the main skin. Or just, if you got a lot of threat removal, put the threat on there, and then break it. Um, He has something that's it's interesting. It's like tough, but different. So, attach to Ebony Maw, prevent all damage to Ebony Maw. Uh, Force response after it prevents two or more damage from a single attack, discard it. So a one damage is not going to get rid of it. But if you, can hit him, if you can hit him for two damage, it's going to drop off like tough. So it's just like a, an upgraded tough, pretty much.
0: Yeah, um, I, he's pretty cool. I mean, yeah. I've seen, I thought you would appreciate this. I've seen a lot of people compare him to video games like Slay the Spire, where you kind of know what attack is coming up in a couple turns, and you yeah. have to position your team and abilities correctly to counteract what's about to happen. Um, I thought that was a really good comparison. I think it's it's spot on. So I, kudos yeah. to everyone, the thousands of people that I've seen say that.
1: I'm yeah, that, that's, that's how he felt. And I, I like that because I like the way I play games is I think a couple turns ahead. You know, I play the game like chess. And yeah, being able to see what, what was coming up and being able to adjust towards it made it real fun. I mean, it was, it was a real fun experience.
0: So there's some stuff i don't like about ebony ma you mentioned the surge on all the spells but in expert you start with two spells out for each player so in four player you start with all eight spells out and there's a ton of cards in his deck and effects on his main scheme and villain that like search for more spells so if you hit any of those before a new spell is out you like end up getting a bunch of acceleration tokens needlessly um and like so my first game against Ebony Maw, I always go in with Hawkeye first every campaign box, which worked tremendously well. If Galaxy's Most Wanted, don't. Oh, worry. I bet, I bet. I made it through Collector One. I was pretty happy all the way. Um, all the way through Collector One, that was a great two campaign or two mission campaign.
2: <laughs> Man.
0: So my first game with Hawkeye, I got double Fireball in Expert Mode as my like two starting invocations. So in four turns, I'm taking eight damage to face. And in case you don't know, I only have nine health. That sucks. And then, uh, so he activates and makes those go from four counters to three. So I've got three more activations on my ticking time clock. And I draw a Rubble Storm, which has three counters and deals two to everything. So now I'm taking ten to face in three activations. And uh, the only thing I can do is draw Endurance or, like, that really cruddy invulnerability card. And uh, that's really, like, a feel-bad moment. And, like, it's it's not going to happen every game. But in expert mode, when you're starting with two of the eight out, I mean, you could pretty easily start with six damage all aligned or eight damage all aligned or close to aligned. And that's a bit unfortunate to me. Like, if I was playing this with a new player that had never played Marvel Champions and that was their first experience, was, oh, I died turn three and there's nothing I can do but race, they would not enjoy it very much. And we did have no. this happen to a lot of people, um, when we played with between our different groups, just getting too many spells on them to the point where they're like, Well, all I can do is sit here and heal for four turns. It was just very unengaging, which was unfortunate.
1: You That's my play, negative uh, thing for Ebene Tougher characters. <laughs> See there you go. Yeah. Just, just don't play Hawkins. <laughs> you, you
0: can just eliminate like all of the nine hit point characters, but that'll I
1: mean
0: I I do that already. I did see someone in Discord post this, and I had this happen to our four-player group as well. We uh, we started an Expert, and we had all eight spells out, because that's how you start Expert. That's fun. And um, the one player stayed down, so Ebony Maw got one Scheme in. And then two of our encounter cards were advanced, so he got three he got three Scheme activations. And between that and something else bad happened, I can't remember what somebody placed threat somehow or maybe maybe he maybe he got the four. no he didn't get three scheme active or four scheme activations something happened that he popped that scheme before any of our things went away and the revelation on 2a is that each player is gonna discard looking for a spell invocation but if they're all in play that means your team just gets four acceleration tokens and that's a little awkward and no fun like you just lost a scheme on stage 1b now try to not lose 2b with four acceleration tokens out good luck um not ideal but i like him he's a good intro villain what do you think of him Addercop?
2: um i like him a lot uh like you said before i like knowing that stuff like i know what's going to happen in the next few turns is is kind of cool because it, it it adds another dimension to your decision making like Beyond uh can I flip to Alter Ego or can I survive these undefended attacks? Do I have allies to block, etc.? Um but uh I also like it thematically. Um I think it's it's really dead on because Ebony Maw is like not scary immediately because he it's not because he he's it's not that he's not doing anything, it's that what he's doing is not immediately apparent, um, like conceptually. You know, him preparing the spells slowly and eventually you might just be dead. Is pretty pretty spot on. He's a pretty dangerous villain. Um, so I like that a lot. Um the the, the timer mechanic in general, um, uh, I would like to see again. Um, not necessarily as invocation counters on everything, but I, I like the time down and then thing happens.
0: That's good. I'm glad people enjoy him. <laughs> So between crossbones, Drang, and Ebony Maw, who's your favorite intro villain?
1: Drang. Oh, uh, I think Drang.
0: it's still, it's still crossbones for me. That's mine too, is crossbones. Um, that being said, I think he is a good intro villain. If you don't run into one of those NPE situations, you're gonna have a lot of fun with him. His threat threshold for the most part is pretty high. He's got a lot of health. He's a a chunky yep. entry villain, right? <laughs> He's
2: a thank um, you wizard. Yeah, <laughs> he's
0: no doc. He's no Doctor Strange, drawing three cards and giving everyone tough with his invocations, but they can hurt still.
1: Yeah. Oh, my Doctor Strange deck would light him up.
0: <laughs> so where does Ebony Moss sit in everybody's like villain scheme? If you're grading villains as like pretend you're your third grade math teacher and you're giving these villains a grade from A to F, where are you where are you putting Ebony Moss?
1: I'll put him as B. He's fun. He brings something new, but he, you know, like you said, there are instances where, you know, it just goes wrong and has a bad new player experience. So I wouldn't give him A or S. Uh, but I think I think he's fun. I, I I think bringing something new is always important. Um. So yeah, I leave him at B.
2: Yeah, I think I think I'm I'm at a high B as well, um, uh, B plus, you know, because he like you said, he does have the feel bad moments. Like it that's setting up a game and flipping your first couple cards and just getting absolutely blown out, um, when you've spent all the time getting your three other friends together to play is a, a pretty bad feeling and I just I couldn't give an A to that.
0: My third grade math teacher was a jerk, so he would have given him a C plus and that's where I'm putting him. I think he's pretty close to a B for me, but I just I hate negative play experiences so much that I'm gonna harp on it. I do really like the countdown mechanic. I agree with that. And we haven't seen that anywhere in Marvel Champions before. So that's actually really, really neat. And I do appreciate that. So that gets him not in the, you know, absorbing man D tier or <laughs> failure uh region. He's definitely not down there with Nebula and Ronin, those jerkos. So I'm giving him a C plus. But the box only gets better from here, in my opinion. Any last thoughts on Ebony Maw, the monster? Any any tips on how to play against Ebony Maw? You both mentioned liking to think a couple turns ahead. What are what are some strategies you'd employ
2: for people? Get tough. Yeah, honestly, just, just pack a couple tough tokens here and there. Yeah. It's going to help you a lot. And just be really conservative with it.
0: In solo, what I would say is, or even in multiplayer, really plan your stun and confuse well. Because he removes tokens when he activates. So if you stun or confuse him, he doesn't get to remove a token from that player that round. So you can kind of, depending on who has the worst situation, make sure like, oh, we're going to confuse him and let Spider-Woman flip down because she's got double fireball. and We need more time to figure that out. So really take advantage of those statuses because you can kind of put a little bit of control in there. And he's got some treacheries that also remove tokens, so treachery canceling can be
2: really, really strong against him. Yeah, yeah, that, that's true. I mean, it's not, okay. So it's not the when revealed, so you couldn't stop the whole thing with uh, Doctor Strange's um, counterspell. But uh, yeah, be, being able to cancel a couple of his treacheries because the, they they are kind of brutal, <laughs> removing an Especially invocation. The,
1: yeah, the the Thanos one with the. Uh does uh threat and alter ego or damage and non in hero yeah that one was a little awesome
0: <laughs> they're pretty brutal five treacheries they're all pretty brutal one of the nice things about him is his highest icon cards um, or a lot of his two icon cards all eight of his spells are two icon cards so an expert those start and play he does have a couple threes that reflection sort of spell you mentioned and the two side schemes those are his three boost icon cards but other than that he's got a bunch of ones and then i think he's got one two and then all the twos are on his spells so when you start out an expert that first pass through his deck you're going to see a couple threes a bunch of ones and zeros on boost icons which is really good depending on what modular set you use Um, we won't talk about modular sets too much today because we got lots of villains to get through but we'll get to those next episode i think so that'll be A bonus for episode three. All right. We're done with the Maw. We're ready to move on. So somehow your team is going to defeat Ebony Maw in this campaign. (laughs) But that jerk still gets the stone. Because that's what happens in campaigns. The, the, The heroes win. But then the consequences, they don't just pan out. But we have a stone from one of the best campaign boxes ever. The Rise of Red Skull. And it's at Avengers Tower. So... Proxima Midnight and Corvus Glaive are going to be assaulting that tower, and we are going to defend it in a scenario called Tower Defense. This is a really interesting scenario. There's two villains, Proxima and Corvus, and they're both going to start in play. When you set this scenario up, there are like giant paragraphs of text on like five cards that you have to go through. So we'll walk through it just so everybody's aware of the setup. So stage 1A tells you to also reveal stage 2A and put it into play so that there are two main schemes and two villains. And stage 2A tells you to put the Avengers Tower environment into play, put the focus defense attachment into play. Each player goes and grabs a minion and puts it into play, and then you shuffle the encounter deck. Um, That's a lot of stuff going on. So basically what's going to happen is there's two schemes. They both pop at six per player. Each villain has one scheme that they're associated with. So Proxima's scheme, when it reaches six per player, it's gonna remove all the threat from the scheme and deal a bunch of damage to Avengers Tower. When Corvus's scheme reaches six per player, you're gonna remove all the threat from the scheme and deal everyone in encounter cards. So you have like a round of heroic mode. And your loss condition, instead of the schemes threshold like popping up, you can still lose by being defeated by the villains, and it does happen. Um, your loss condition instead is taking too much damage on the tower that you're trying to defend. So Avengers Tower reads, the unique rule does not apply to Avengers Tower, so we can all put Avengers Tower into play. Forest response, after damage is placed here, if there is at least 9 damage per player here, remove all of it and flip this card over. Spoilers, on the other side of the card, you discard all those copies of Avengers Tower. The unique, this rule now does apply, so nobody can play it. And if you get another 9 per player damage on Avengers Tower, it's destroyed and and you have lost. So you've got to prevent damage to this tower. The Focus Defense upgrade, that basically attaches to one of the schemes. And then at the end of the the Hero Phase, when the Hero Phase ends, you're going to switch which main scheme that Focus Defense is on. So that tells you which villain activates each round. So it's going to go Proxima and then Corvus, and then back to Proxima, and then back to Corvus round after round after round. So similar to Ebony Maw, you kind of know what's coming up, um, which kind of lets you have some advantages in this scenario. You know Corvus probably isn't going to activate on the first turn, so you can take some time before you have to worry about stunning him or dealing with whatever nasty things he might be doing, and you get like a break from him for a turn. And then next turn, you get a break from Proxima. There's obviously twists, because this is Marvel Champions. That kind of stuff happens. The villains have some really nasty abilities, too. So Proxima on all three stages has the ability, when she attacks you, choose to either deal one damage to Avengers Tower, or give her plus two attack. So she's a 1-2, and then a 1-3, and then a 2-3. So if you give her plus two attack in Expert Mode, she has five attack in both forms. That's pretty brutal. Five attack is a lot. Um, Corvus has a similar ability. His is after he makes an undefended attack, you discard the top card of the encounter deck and deal damage to the tower for each boost icon. So both of them have abilities that can be putting damage onto the tower. What I've found is that in solo, that 9 damage per player is a really low number, so you can almost never choose to take the damage from these villains. You basically have to defend Corvus, and you have to give Proxima her plus attack and defend with an ally or a tough status or something. And uh, in multiplayer, right, if you're playing with four players, you can have 36 damage on each side of the tower. The the one damage that Proxima puts on there is very minimal, so lots of players can choose to take that, which is nice, because then you get, like, an actual choice, which is good. So that's a couple ways you can get damage on the tower. The other unique thing is, unlike Wrecking Crew, where when you defeat one of these villains, it gets removed, all these villains are going to have two stages but you don't defeat a villain until you've brought both of them to zero. So if you're playing in standard mode, you're gonna have Proxima one and Corvus one in play. You're gonna get them both to zero hit points and then remove them both and put their version twos in play. They have pretty low hit point values because there's two of them, but the combined hit point values of them are pretty high, right? So stage one Proxima has nine and Corvus has eight, if I'm reading this correctly. Let me me verify that and not be a liar here. Yes, it is 8. It is 8. Okay. Yeah, so that's 17 combined, right? That's more than Ebony Mall already. So they've got pretty high combined health, and you've got to do lots of splitting of that damage and health. There's a lot of other stuff going on in their kit. Um, There's these Black Order Besiegers that are going to start in play, and I think you'll have to do this ability right away. After a Black Order Besieger engages you, choose to either deal 1 damage to the tower or 2 to your identity. Um, this can be really brutal, right? Because there's four of those in the deck. And in four player, you're going to start with four of them in play. So you're all either going to take two damage to your identity or start dealing damage to the tower.
1: Um, and they add three health, which that's nothing. Three health is the threshold, you know?
0: Three, th- yeah, it's a, it, you can't use ping damage to get rid of them. A lot of allies don't do three damage without some extra buff. So you're wasting like a hero card or activation on them. Pretty brutal. Um, Each of the villains has a weapon that gives them plus attack. Uh, Proxima gains overkill and piercing, which is disgusting. And Corvus gains retaliate one, which you probably don't care about all that much. Correct. There is an attachment that gives them plus two attack. And that's the other thing that this kit has. It has a lot. When I say a lot, I mean a lot of ally hate. You'd think with both of those villain abilities, Proxima, you can give her plus two attack and just block with an ally. Corvus only triggers when it's undefended, so you just block with an ally, you chump block the whole game, and nobody cares. Um, There's this card called Direct Assault. It attaches to the villain, who is not the active villain, so the next one that's going to activate. When this villain attacks, um, its attack gains range. If it defeats an ally, deal 3 damage to the tower, and then discard this card. And it gives the villain plus 2 attack. So it basically really discourages chump blocking, because if that ally dies, you're placing loss condition onto Avengers tower and in solo three damage onto Avengers tower is like one sixth of the damage you can take. You can only do that six times before you lose. So that's terrifying to me. Yeah. Um, There's a bunch of boost cards that do that too. So there's some boost cards that say on rain fire, if this, if the damage from this attack defeats an ally, deal three damage to Avengers tower. That's a lot from a boost card, especially in solo. Um, The one revealed on that card is also deal three damage to Avengers Tower. So there's going to be a lot of damage going on to this tower, and you've really got to burn these villains down fast to avoid that. I found that Rainfire scales really poorly with player count. Um, You would think that with four players, right, you're more likely to draw Rainfire. So since you're going through the deck faster, you're going to see it more often, and it will all equal out. But I think in the end... Rainfire being such a small percentage of the four-player total makes it pretty inconsequential to four-player counts, but it makes it just absolutely devastating to a solo player. And that's one of my least favorite things about this scenario is that you do have this like not proper balancing between solo and multiplayer. The scenario can still be very fun and thematic, which I do truly enjoy, though. There's a couple cards in here that make the other villain activate, so don't feel like you're going to be safe always knowing who's going to go next exactly, because you might get a treachery card that switches who is attacking you on that treachery card. All right, that's my spiel.
2: Rainfire. Like, that's easily my least favorite card, but, like, I actually, I actually hate that card just because of its effect, like you said, in, in solo play. Um, with no way to heal the tower... Uh, wait. Unless I'm missing something, I'm pretty sure there's not.
0: There's not. no.
2: Yeah. Um. I don't want to sound like an idiot completely there, but uh, like three damage being one sixth of your entire life, and the three damage also being on the boost effect, which still is a plus one. Like that's that's a lot, and it's pretty hard to work around that. Like obviously yep. there's going to be your corner cases to counter when revealed or cancel um your uh, star icons, but uh besides those corner cases like this this treachery will smoke you in solo and that that just kind of sucks yeah this reminds there me there a lot there. of barrel roll from nebula where it
0: places that uh, evasion counter and you're just like my entire game is different and sucks now yeah um, that's how rainfire feels when you draw it
1: yeah i wish there would have been a way to uh kill a tower
0: I will say that uh, I do like that they give you a choice on a lot of the player cards, or on a lot of the villain cards, right? So on Proxima, you get to choose to give her plus two attack or do a damage to the tower. Unfortunately, what I found in my player groups is that choice is its kind of like a pseudo-choice. Once you know like what the optimal choice is for your team and your player group, you basically make the same choice like every turn. Um, So it may as well just say when I'm playing with four players, when she activates, deal one damage to the tower and don't even give me the other choice because I almost never take it. It's like 99 times out of 100, I take the other option. Um, And that just might be me being a dumb player. So don't necessarily always take the option I take. But uh, I was a little disappointed in a lot of the player choice cards because I was really excited because I think interesting player choices is what makes Marvel Champions its absolute best. And all the choices here felt like these, like, fake choices, almost. Uh, that They were really just testing to see whether you were playing solo or multiplayer. He,
2: the illusion of choice, right? The <laughs> illusion
0: of choice. This would have been a great invocation. Any other big comments on tower defense?
1: Yeah, I, I think Swarma should be a uh, basic card in the actual game. No. <laughs> yeah i don't think so I you don't know shwarma effect. is the
0: campaign reward we'll talk about campaign next episode too but in each of these scenarios you start with something in play to do with the campaign and in this one there's a side scheme that has no consequences on it it just sits there and it says when you defeat this side scheme everybody shuffles a copy of shwarma into their deck and then flip this over when you flip it over it becomes a minion and you got to fight the minion um but shawarma is a basic resource that provides one of each type so it's a triple resource that gets shuffled into everybody's deck so it's it's pretty great
1: i mean it's so simple it should easily be a real card it's just one of each max one per deck just it's only one that you can have in the deck it's fine
2: i i think you've got one per deck on the brain from all of your overwatch projects uh no. i don't think this should be a normal card
0: Oh, it's just you know horrible. what the good news is, Crimson? No What's one's going to hunt you down if you put it in your decks.
1: Dude, I, I'm putting it in my decks.
0: Well, when I play with my kids, I would definitely put Shawarma in their decks just to give them Heck more yeah. money. Why not?
1: Shawarma's so, so good, man. Don't, don't, don't like the Shawarma.
0: Um, so how does this compare to Wrecking Crew for everybody? This is another multi-headed villain. Or I shouldn't say that. That's, that's my opinion on it. But... It's another multiple villain scenario. So there's two of those now. How do you feel about Tower Defense versus Wrecking Crew?
1: I haven't played it, but it, it looks rough. I, I It's
2: it's fun. I mean it's 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 uh it's a it's less harder to gimmick than Wrecking Crew, that's that's for sure.
1: Probably easier to set up than Wrecking Crew. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> I'm shuffling you less think less many
1: paragraphs? Man. <laughs> I'm just not a fan. And you still get your Nemesis set in this.
2: You
0: do still get your Nemesis set and your modularity, which I think is a big win. I think that is something that Wrecking Crew really suffers from. Um, Wrecking Crew is easily gameable. That was one of the big complaints that myself and almost everybody had was once you figure out how to play Wrecking Crew, you realize you get to decide who the active villain is. You can take advantage of that.
1: Yep.
0: (laughs) But Wrecking Crew had a lot of boost cards that switched who the active villain was so you could think you were in a safe situation especially in multiplayer um expert and then all of a sudden it switches to the wrong villain who schemes against people or activates against people and it spirals um here there's not so much a lot of that right the the active villain that does their four activations in four player is always going to be known ahead of time which again is a lot like slay the spire or things like that um to me, that was less exciting than giving me control of letting me switch who the villain was. No, always knowing who was coming next just meant I had two turns to prepare for that villain every turn, which makes the villains feel a little bit easier. I think part of my problem with this scenario is I find the Black Order to just be very blah, and I'm kind of hitting Thanos fatigue from like Thanos being pushed into every Marvel video and card game that exists right now because of Endgame coming out in the last decade. So, uh, I feel like these characters should have personalities, but instead they just like attack you and kill people. And maybe that's the personality in the comics. I really don't know.
2: It is. It really is. Um, oh,
0: true to character.
2: They yeah, attack guys, and they
0: scheme. I feel
2: good. These guys are, um, relatively new villains. Um, they, they popped up in the infinity event. Um, Hickman's at this right? point. Yeah. Hickman's infinity event. Uh, okay. I want to say it was like 10 years ago or something. Uh, It's been a while. Uh, Maybe not that long, but you you get what I'm saying. And uh, yeah, they just kind of show up, and it's Thanos, and he's like, by the way, I have a posse now. Uh, Don't worry about them. But uh, I have dispatched them all over the earth to mess your guys' stuff up. And varying levels of mess your guys' stuff up happened. uh, Some scoring a zero, others scoring quite a bit. That was was pretty much it. Like, they're not a terribly complex super team, um, or villain team, I guess, but I mean, they get the job done, but they're, they're Thanos' fist, basically.
1: I think it's time to see some Apocalypse in the Four Horsemen. That's my... Isn't it it was...
0: Apocalypse on a card in uh, Kang or something like that?
1: Uh, I'm not sure, but yeah. Well, I, I I guess he's more of an X-Men villain anyway, so.
2: Are you thinking of Ramatut?
1: No. I swear,
2: probably... I- I'm checking right now. You guys give this you give this its grades and then we'll talk about it. Oh, he is on a card. He is on a card. Yeah, he's in the art. Nice. I feel better. Wolverine's on that card
0: too,
1: right? That's I think right. so, yeah. Oh man, I can't wait. Wolverine, Apocalypse, um, sinister.
2: Yeah, Tower Defense is is it's cool. Um I don't know that I'd be reaching for it super quick as like a solo scenario. Um but I like that the moving pieces and like the the decisions here um, I guess exist, but <laughs> I think I think I just really like uh Proxima midnight's uh, ability kind of like Kang's ability where it's like choose one or the other. um it's unfortunate that like you said, with the the damage to the Avengers tower, it's a little bit less uh negotiable than with Kang's but um I just I like the mechanic itself the the this or that uh. I actually really like that the two treacheries have Proxima and Corvus fighting uh, Wanda and Vision, so it's it's one one power couple versus another. Um, overall, I I don't know I wouldn't give it more than like maybe like a C plus B minus. Same
0: range. I wanted to say B minus because I gave Ebony Maw a C plus. Um, but I think I dislike this one more than I dislike Ebony Maw. So I said the box was getting better, but this one got a little bit worse for me.
2: You got instantly Um, lied.
0: (laughs) I instantly lied. Plot twist. I'm (laughs) going to give this one a C. Um, These two villains, this is not a lie this time. These two villains that we just went over are my least favorite villains from the box. Every villain from here not out is like in my top five villains for the game. So I'm excited to get past tower defense and to not have to talk about it again.
1: I got no grade since I haven't played it. If I was going to do a paper grade, I'd probably keep it around C or It looks fine. You know what
0: the best part of this one
1: is? What's that?
0: That awesome Captain Marvel and Hawkeye shooting people art on Scheme 1D. Yeah. That's like the only reason I would set this scenario up is there's Hawkeye art there. and
2: We're, we gotta go Where she's like laying down the law with a giant like photo blast. And yeah, he's she's, shoot, she's shooting, like shooting, like shooting an arrow
0: nuclear blast at something and he's like, let me shoot my arrow. This is going to
2: help. <laughs> pating, pating. <laughs> he's like, his arrows are being eviscerated by the energy and he's just like, yeah, I'm contributing.
0: That's how I feel at work on team projects too. It's great. It's just
2: now it makes sense. Now it all makes sense.
0: Exactly. Everyone understands now. All right.
2: Are we doing Thanos?
0: Well, I don't know. Who's the third villain? Yeah.
2: It's it's Thanos time. We're talking about Thanos. He's big. Yeah, he's big. He's purple and he's here to do it to you. That's for sure.
1: What? (laughs)
2: Yeah. Yeah, you bet, man. He's got I have
0: I have a hilarious story. I have to tell it really quick. We we talked about Kennedy Hawk's mom in this episode. When my parents visit, I actually force them to play Marvel Champions with me. It's really humorous. No, you don't. No, I do. My mom has played four games of Marvel Champions. And she has me. played against Thanos, but she doesn't see Marvel movies at all. She's, like, not watched them. And uh, she could not figure out, like, where she knew Thanos from, even though it was from, like, TV commercials. So she thought it was, like something from McDonald's from Weird Little. And I think she was thinking of Grimace, but she couldn't remember the name of it. And I, I really <laughs> wanted to say it, but I but I didn't. Anyway, thanks for paying for my internet. All right, go, Thanos.
2: First of all, everybody knows that no th- nothing can stop the Grimace. That's for yeah. damn true. Um, but this scenario uh, has one of the worst keywords for me, personally, I've ever, like, that the game is ever ever presented and that is stalwart and that pains me every second that it exists
1: but it's a good stalwart
2: it's a good keyword i'm, I'm not complaining hang on stalwart. uh it's a good keyword i'm glad it exists with that said one of my favorite things to do in the game just is hard stopped so stalwart um before we move any further uh the character cannot be stunned or confused confused is whatever but i love stunning the villain and feeling good about myself and i can't do it because of this big purple dope being immune to it god so anyway thanos has of course three cards uh he has pretty pretty okay stats like pretty much what you'd expect he's level one he's got one scheme and two attack um, his level two, he's got two scheme and three attack. And his level three, he's got two scheme still and four attack. So on level three, he is really smacking. Um, all of them are stalwart. Two and three, he has toughness, so he gets a nice fresh toughness token when you reveal him. Um, Thanos has a forced response on level one after the Infinity Stone deck runs out. Give him a boost card, which is cool. Um, I think that that's that's good. Uh, when revealed. Uh, for level two, go find his fancy hat, Thanos' helmet, and attach it to him. Um, And then he has the same force response. And finally, uh, on level three, when it's revealed, go find his armor and uh, attach it to him. Uh, And then he keeps the force response to give him a boost card when he runs out. Um, Which is, of course, referring to his super fun side deck that has to do with all of the Infinity Stones. So... Similar to like uh, Crossbones, where you would shuffle and give him weapons. Um, In this case, you have a side deck that gives him Infinity Stones, they have effects, and he triggers sort of like uh, preparations. So when he goes to do something, he gets an additional effect from the stone, and then you discard the stone. Um, The main scheme, the Infinity Stones, um, it's got the uh again similar to crossbones um infinity stones uh 1b when revealed take the top card of the infinity uh infinity stone deck put it into play and then grab the sanctuary side scheme and reveal it um 2a we 2, 2a is like the best the best uh mechanic right shuffle everything back into your deck uh shuffle sorry shuffle your discard uh, and your deck together and then uh, get snapped. You lose. You lose the top half of it. They're all gone. They're you know. Uh, it doesn't say that you can't look at them, but it's more fun if you don't because you don't know who got snapped. Um, and the last stage is just uh, you know, hey, don't let Thanos do Thanos stuff. Um, he sort of sets up in like a fortress, a like a literal flying fortress with the sanctuary side scheme mentioned on one uh, B. Um, it's got a three base and hinder uh, hinder of one per player. Thanos can't take damage while Sanctuary is in play, which is his ship. Uh, when defeated, each player may spend up to three physical resources from their hand and deal two damage to Thanos for each physical resource spent this way. This damage also ignores the tough status card, which uh, initially I was like, wow, that's a really specific sentence at the end. Before I realized that anytime you've pushed him into another card, um, he has toughness. Also, stage two starts with toughness. So, uh, basically, what I'm saying is I can't read. Um, his armor that is mentioned by stage three. Uh, anytime he would take any amount of damage, reduce that one by or reduce that that amount by one. So you know he's ignoring your retaliates. He's ignoring any tiny amount of damage, and in order to get rid of it. It's a hero response after your hero makes a basic attack against Thanos, not just an attack, so you can't uh, use a minion to get rid of this, or uh, attacking a minion to trigger this. You have to be attacking him. You have to get reduced by one. Then you have to spend uh, a lightning and a physical resource to discard it. So that's cool um, in that I I like that it's a hero response that's relative to an action that you're taking rather than just hero action, do this, discard a card, do this Um, it makes sense you have to get in there and get it off of him Um, similarly his helmet does the same thing it can be discarded when you attack him um, by spending a mental and a physical resource Um, uh, that one's a little bit less of a pain uh, giving retaliate one Um, but those aren't his only attachments in the deck Uh, he's also got um, two copies of master of the stones um, forced interrupt when he activates, put the top card of the Infinity Stone deck into play. At the end of the activation, discard Master of the Stones. Uh, and he gets plus one Scheme and plus one Attack. So for one activation, he's going to get an additional Stone effect, which um, can be pretty rough considering what the Stones do, which we'll we'll go over in just a little bit. Um, he's also got two copies of Avatar of Death. He, he and Death have got along for uh, a lot of years. Um, you know, on, on again, off again relationships right uh if you are an alter ego he schemes if you're an hero he attacks you but it also gains overkill and piercing so more of the no ally uh no ally stuff ally hate right uh we've got the deviant syndrome uh two copies of that within site one when revealed he gets a tough status card and if you can't uh place one throughout the main scheme so if he is already tough like if this is your first card on stage two it just says Insight 3, basically, which is which is pretty rough. Um, the boost effect on that also gives him a tough status card, so there's a ton of tough in this scenario. Um, I'm Inevitable. Uh, he's got two copies of that. Give him a face-down boost card, um, which is not the worst thing, obviously. Um, but the boost effect, uh, discard the top card of the Infinity zone deck, apply its boost icons for this activation as if it were a boost card. Um, which is not super scary, but it also burns through the Infinity Stone deck a little bit faster, which means that he's going to get additional boost effects. Um, he's also got two copies of the Mad Titan. When revealed, put the top card of the Infinity Stone deck in play. Uh, the boost effect, if damage from this attack, defeats an ally, put the top card of the Infinity Stone deck into play. So you can see that there's a, an ongoing theme where if your luck is not great, you might be facing multiple uh, Infinity Stones pretty regularly um finally he's got a side scheme called the titan's throne (laughs) when defeated choose and discard an infinity stone for play so that's pretty cool um it has the hazard icon and it uh it's got a two per player um threat so that is that is all the cards um except for the infinity stones um i don't know if we're doing those with the module episode though
0: we probably need to go over those today because he's required to use right. the infinity gauntlet set. And it just yeah. apparently works with his stuff, right?
2: Yeah. That's so that's that's why I realized about halfway through that that might be a different episode, but we're making it this episode because it's it's Multiple. a spoiler. It's a spoiler for the module uh episode. Here you go. Hope you guys are ready. Um so Thanos' is, Thanos' is card one having one scheme and one or two attack is not a big deal. However, he starts with the infinity gauntlet which gives him plus one to both of those stats. Uh, After the villain, it's permanent, it's got set up, so, you know, he starts with the glove on. Force response, after attached villain activates, resolve the special ability of each Infinity Stone in play. Otherwise, put the top card of the Infinity Stone deck into play. So if he doesn't have a stone, he gets a stone. If he does have a stone, he resolves it. Um, First, we have the Mind Stone. And uh, all of these cards just have a special. There's no, like, revealed effect, because they are coming from a different... um, uh, different deck uh, so the Mind Stone's effect uh, you are confused if you were already confused, discard a card at random from your hand place this card in the, in the Infinity Stone uh, discard file which is also the final text on all of the cards so after the special is resolved they are then discarded uh, the Power Stone uh, you are stunned, if you are already stunned, take 3 damage the Reality Stone discard an ally, upgrade, or support you control <clears throat> so uh, an extra cutoff guard in there the Soul Stone, heal three damage from the villain and give him a boost uh, icon, or a bo- I'm sorry, a boost card. The Space Stone, discard cards from the top of the encounter's deck until a minion is discarded. Put that minion into play with you. And finally, the, to- the Time Stone, discard the top four cards of your deck and place one thread on the main scheme for each different card type uh, discarded this way. So uh, your allies, your your upgrades, your supports. Um, So all in all, they provided a pretty big extra punch to Thanos, um, even beyond just face value.
0: Yeah, those uh, stones are incredibly frustrating. Um, And that that boost card that he gets is annoying, but I, I think the effects from the stones are even more annoying. We get again this kind of thing where you kind of know what's coming from the villain ahead of time, right? Um, especially in solo, since it's like every other activation, he's going to get one disregarding hey. all the shenanigans from his deck. You see which stone's coming up, and then you prepare. Oh, I know I'm getting a minion, so I better hold on to this relentless assault or keep my widow's bite for then or whatnot. So that's
2: kind of cool. Yeah, the, uh, the I, I really underestimated them. Uh, when when we played against it actually, and I was like, oh, you know, additional effect, who cares? No big deal. And then you know, turns where there was there was two stones, or uh, I think we might have even had a three stone turn. Um, I, I don't I don't remember exactly, but maybe I was just I was just dreading it so much that I, I actualized it in my memory. Um, but yeah, where it was like, oh, go find a minion. Also, you're stunned. Good luck. <laughs> the, the most annoying thing that our group has constantly done is we keep putting the
0: stones into the wrong discard pile. And then we will like shuffle the stone discard pot or the sh- stone pile. I think we did this in our game too. We were like, why are there only two infinity stones? I'm pretty sure there were more than two in that gauntlet. And then I have to go through some, one time we even shuffled them into the encounter deck and we had somehow like gotten to the point where all of us decked out at the same time. So we had like six face down encounter cards And we, like, could not find the Infinity Stones because they were missing. Like, Thanos had snapped them away. And then we started, we were like, well, I guess they're just gone. The dog ate them or something. And then we flipped over our encounter cards and four of them were hidden there. It was pretty funny. Um, Don't do that. That's not the right way to play the game.
2: Fellas, I don't know how to tell you this, but I might have lost one or more of the Infinity Stones. And I don't know which ones are missing.
0: One thing that's cool in Thanos' setup is he's got that really big threat threshold before he snaps, but I still see him snap in several games, um, just because people will flip down and he'll get one of those avatar deaths or advances and all of a sudden things will like skyrocket out of control or side schemes will come out that you have to worry about first. Um, we had, we played this last night actually with our three player group and, uh, this group is very confident about never letting that first scheme pop. And we had like 17 threat before it was going to pop and somebody flipped down. We thought it was going to be fine and they ended up getting an advance and the infinity stone deck cycled that time. And we got the infinity stone (laughs) that places threat twice and both times it placed four threat. And he got like exactly to 36 and we had to snap away half of our decks. Um, and they were very upset, but very shocked. This was their first playthrough. Very shocked and excited like about the theme of the deck going away. Um, it was Nebula, Gamora, and Spider-Man. And Nebula lost like seven of her eight techniques, which was brutal. Gamora lost all of her attacks, so all she had was thwarting events and ping damage. And Spider-Man was playing like play all the draw allies and block for everybody deck, and he lost like Black Cat and Iron Heart and somebody else. So it was just like Spider-Man had to pivot and start doing damage. Gamora had to pivot and start doing the thwart instead of Spider-Man, and Nebula had hand cannons and just went ham with hand cannons over and over again. <laughs> it was ham. It was pretty ham hysterical. cannons. Ham cannons. Yes, they were firing giant honey baked hams. Not a sponsor again. <laughs>
2: that's what it's a it's truly a holiday miracle. I think yeah. I think that's also a case for not looking at your um face down for your uh your half cards that are cut like just yeah. don't, just that's, say- that's the
0: way we do it. I think it's perfect um, to not know cuz you you'll find out once you cycle through your deck, right? And I was fishing for black cat and I was like I need to know where she was. So I was like doing everything I could to discard cards from my deck and find out who is there. Luckily I still had Nick Fury and Maria Hill, so it wasn't all lost and one or two copies of Regroup. But I didn't have Black Cat who I really wanted. Um
2: but it's yeah that, heartbreak.
0: Yeah, it was it was painful for Peter. Um it was really painful. But he had all three swinging web kicks, so it was okay. I've definitely had games where it took all my attack. I played a Nebula game where it took all my attack away at once. And uh <laughs> I was just going through my it was it may have been my first game with Nebula. I think it's the one that's on YouTube, and I was playing against Thanos and he snaps and I'm like going through Nebula's deck and I'm like this hero stinks. Like where is all her damage? And then I look through my discarded cards later and I'm like oh, there's like four attack events from the deck and all of her attack upgrades are over here. Like no wonder I could like just slap Thanos to death for the next hour. Um Sounds more painful than it was. It was actually very fun. Any tips against Thanos? Don't try to stun him. Don't try to stun him because Kennedy Hawk will correct you. No.
2: Don't or don't not bring. You. Don't bring your favorite stunning Captain America deck against Thanos. Build build something different. Bring something different. Yeah. Save yourself. Say again. Save yourself the heartbreak.
0: He doesn't have a ton of minions with his recommended setup. That's what our group found out the other day. We kept playing Angela. And we'd reveal 10 cards and not find any minions because he's just got like 5 of the named Black Order minions in his deck. So once you've seen 5 of them, don't count on things like Defender of the Nine Realms and stuff like that. You might not even need to... like the minions are pretty beefy. But they're beefy enough that they're just going to take your major attacks. So you don't need to bring this like medium damage as much for minions if you're playing with the recommended sets. Obviously switch it up and you, you have... Whatever you've set up, space pirates. Space, no, people are so Bad. sick of space pirates; they never want to hear it again.
2: <laughs> no, they did. no, they're not. Nobody's there were no me.
0: space pirates in today's thing. I promised it. We can go back to space pirates next week. We should just do a whole episode. When is Talk Like a Pirate Day? We could do Talk Like a Space Pirate Day. Uh, nobody, nobody. Just, okay, I think never it's mind. normal. That's just normal days for you. Okay. Um, He has a ton of three-boost icon cards. I did want to mention that, because that's what happened to our team last night when he snapped. Um, Let me pull up his cards here so I make sure I'm not lying. But for us, it seems like every time someone flipped down and he schemed, we're like, oh, he schemes for six. Great. Thanks. Um, His armor and his helmet and sanctuary all have three-boost icons. And then from the modular sets that they have you mix in, Black Dwarf has three boost icons. Um, so I guess it's only like four. But for some reason for us, it was like every card. I swear to goodness. But he does have a ton of like three and two icon cards. Um, one thing that was interesting about Thanos for me is he's got some cards that really feel like a break. Um, like the I am inevi- Inevitable, just giving him a face down boost card. Yeah, that's going to be horrible later. But it feels like a break when you're like, if they draw in advance, I lose the game, and you get that, you're like, no problem, sounds great. Um,
1: <laughs> but it didn't
0: feel so like uh, polarizing. Like Nebula would not have cart. Like Nebula could just puke on herself and like let you win, or she could just surge to your death turn two. Um, it didn't feel like that set of like different power levels. Just every once in a while we had a card that was like, "Oh, okay, I don't mind that card coming up right now." A lot of times it was the mad titan or I am inevitable and you're just like, "That's a thing I can handle this turn." And it's nice to have those like breathing room cards in there. And they weren't breathing room to the point that they didn't hurt us later, but they were breathing room to the point that like we were allowed to recover. We were allowed to flip down, which is really when Marvel Champions becomes its best when like the players can do the things they want to do have a chance at winning but also have a chance at like either losing or having this thematic snap event happen so i i loved everything about thanos
2: i think i think to quote you in our game the um give a give give him a boost card um treachery the i'm inevitable i think you revealed it and you said that looks like a you problem this is a good turn and that was it that it was my problem but uh yeah good teamwork i guess
0: That's what we say every time we draw an obligation. We're like, oh, that's a someone else's problem turn. Um. Sidebar. My favorite thing that happens, this happened last night too. Nebula drew Spider-Man's nemesis. And my friend said, that sounds like a you problem. And he threw the card. We like throw the card like Gambit across the table at each other. And then I drew my card. And it was Nebula's, uh, obligation. So I got to throw it right back at Nebula. And be like, this sounds like a you problem, jerk. Um. But joke's on him. He was exhausted, and I wasn't. So, ha. Anyway. Um, no, I think there's a lot of you problem cards in here, especially in multiplayer. Unfortunately, yeah. in solo, you is truly... We gotta stop saying the word you. You is truly you, so... um heard you was so. banned. Yeah, the word you is banned. Um, that's a same player problem. That's a first player problem. Oh, I'm the is. first player every turn? That sucks.
2: There it is. I mean, the, the Infinity Gauntlet deck as a whole is, or the Infinity Stone deck as a whole is basically a, that's a you problem.
0: So which <laughs> villain is not Thanos are you the most excited to try the Infinity Stones with?
2: Oh, man. Uh Oh, wow. Okay. Um,
0: the obvious answer is Crossbones, but we're going to disqualify him.
2: <laughs> right, because... right. <laughs> um, honestly? Red Skull?
0: That could be fun, yeah? Yeah, like, I
2: could see it. like, I'm I'm into the, like, aesthetic of it, obviously, because he's always, you know, hanging out with the Cosmic Cube. That's, like, his favorite thing in the world. But what if he had an Infinity Gauntlet? And also, it adds a little bit of a punch to um, a villain that isn't that scary in Solo, like, outside of campaign play. So I think adding it to Red Skull is, is where I go first.
0: I have two answers. Um no. The first no. one is uh, fine. I, I have one yeah. answer.
2: Add them together, divide it by two. Math <laughs> Clang, math podcast. Clang. No,
0: I, I think I think this the gauntlet can be really hysterical with claw. Um, just thematically wise, because he has this giant infinity gauntlet oven mitt. And I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but it looks like the gauntlet is like a left handed glove. And is that the hand that's like a sonic disruptor, or is it the other hand? I'd have to look sure at it's, it's
2: his, I'm pretty sure it's his left hand, like just off the top of my head. Let me see. I'm gonna Uh-oh. check
0: because shooting the sound waves through the gauntlet while snapping sounds hysterically claw-like to me.
2: Uh, what about you? It's both.
0: What? He doesn't have no, any hands.
2: No, I, I'm finding images that have it on on either of them. In fact. There's two two figures produced by Marvel, and one is Ulysses clow from Black Panther, so it's a you know Gollum, and his left hand is the one that's coming apart. and then uh, there's another figure of the the classic design where his right hand has the uh, has the the amplifier on it. But there was an old like, yeah, there's there's examples of of either hand um, originally in Fantastic Four. I believe it's his first appearance um it's his right hand and it's pretty consistently his right hand in the comics but it looks like the movie verse made it his left hand
0: to be fair he like died and got resurrected a bunch but looking at all the marvel champions art it's always his right hand so i was off but still that sound manipulation treachery card he's like got his hands in this like dragon ball z position like he's becoming a super saiyan <laughs> And he's got his claw sonic disruptor in his right hand and he's got the infinity gauntlet in his left hand and he's ready to rock and roll. So I think that would be cool. Um, I also think it'd be funny in Drang because I just really like playing against Drang and this doofus that's only been in like three comics like somehow stumbles into the infinity gauntlet and starts using it to like command his rock band of a dune around. I think that'd be hysterical. So I would (laughs) play it with Drang.
2: Here's a comic panel where it's his, it's his left hand and he's got a goblin glider. That's like Marvel Champions 110%. Oh,
0: what comic is that? We need to we need to find that and send it out. I, to-
2: yeah, I have to, I'll save the image so that I have something to search for later, but um I'm I'm putting it in into our into our chat here um to give me a reminder to look this up because I I'm interested in finding out more about this. Uh, I think I know the artists already, but um I'm also finding Images of this is like a whole rabbit hole, man. You shouldn't have asked me that. Uh, I have images of Clow that are animated, and here he is with his right hand, and now here he is with his left hand from, Mar- from Avengers Assemble. Actually, what uh, you're telling
0: me is the artwork is inconsistent, something yeah. like a card game. We know
2: <laughs> this is crazy. Why didn't I, I never noticed this before? I've never noticed this. This is, like, the most interesting thing right now.
0: I'm glad that I have spurred your interest for a Friday night. Nothing is more exciting than thinking about whether Claw has Sonic Disruptors
2: on his left or right hand.
1: No. I don't know about that. (laughs) Although I'm not an art guy, so...
2: What if I told you in Overpower it has a right hand? It's his right hand.
1: I don't know. I just randomly grabbed some images off uh, Google. Well, it is. I'm (laughs) telling you.
0: (laughs) one thing about the infinity gauntlet if you're going to mix it in with another villain it it has setup on it right so it always starts in play and it creates its own deck so if you don't mix another modular in with that villain the villain's going to have like a thinner villain deck but if you want a real challenge the infinity gauntlet is a weapon trait so if you put weapon master into the villain's deck all those weapon master cards are going to surge which is
1: terrifying Now put it in with Crossbones, who has, like, almost no cards himself. Is Crossbones the smallest uh, villain, uh, deck size-wise?
2: I think he is, because he has three mods. Yeah. Well, one of them isn't even in his deck, right?
0: No, he's got three mods and the weapon, experimental weapons are set aside.
2: That's right, that's right. I forgot which module it was that was set aside. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. People will find out when they do the challenge this week. we got to grade Thanos.
2: A. Easy. Easy A.
1: Yeah, Easy. He, he looks like uh, an A also.
2: He's gigantic and scary, and he will throttle you, and that is Thanos. And then he snaps, and that's cool.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of can't wait to play
2: him. I, uh, I, I do my best to outplay him Thanos. A. I outplay Thanos by not thinking about the cards I put into my deck. So when he snaps half of my deck, it doesn't matter because they're mostly bad cards anyway. So, haha, got you, Thanos.
0: Would you ever run a 50 card
2: deck against Thanos so that you have more cards after he snaps? I would run a 50 card deck for dumber reasons than this.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'd do it for Adam Warlock. <laughs>
2: yeah. There it is. <laughs> I uh, I never
0: thought that I would run a 50 card deck to counter Thanos, but when he snapped yesterday and I only had, I was playing that Spider-Man draw all these cards deck and I only had like 17 cards left in my deck after the snap I was decking out every turn I decked out twice one turn, it was really annoying, <laughs> like all of a sudden when you have like 3 to 4 face down uh, encounter cards and Thanos has his gauntlet, he becomes really hard, so I would almost consider running 50 cards almost almost that's one thing to consider with Thanos there's a play tip we asked about play tips and we were all like uh don't run stunned it's bad uh, um if he's going to snap right you know, you basically kind of control when that scheme is going to pop if it's going to pop get the important combo pieces for your deck like the permanents onto the board first because then those are guaranteed to be in your deck for the rest of the game or get them into your hand because it shuffles your discard pile and deck together and then has you discard half of it but you keep the cards in your hand
2: so, so infinite ant man playing... works here hmm? infinite ant man works here right
0: yeah infinite ant man works here you can get to a really thin deck really fast um <laughs> if you're captain america make sure your shield isn't in your discard pile same thing for thor with your hammer like you're gonna have a real bad life if that happens Jeez. so um. Don't lose your bow as Hawkeye and think, oh, I can discard it because I'll pop it back in Alter Ego mode. No, that's a bad plan because if that pops, <laughs> bad things happen. So get your important cards into your hand. And if like um, we always talk in the show, I just had this realization like two nights ago. We always talk in the show about using life as a resource But you can use threat as a resource as a player too, right? There's 12 threat per player that can go into that first scheme. You can let him scheme a couple times, and that's like a risk you're willing to take. Um, And that lets you draw extra cards or do whatever else. But you can also sort of like decide when that main scheme pops by letting him scheme at an appropriate time. And if you do it when everybody has their combo pieces in hand, like We always talk about deck thinning. Thanos just thinned your deck for you. And all of a sudden, you have this really lean, efficient deck that you know has your combo in it. And that can make for like an advantage from this snap. Get rid of half the world. Who cares? I got my swinging web kick.
2: You just let them have a little bit of threat to make them think that they're winning.
0: Yeah. Those poor villains. They gotta think they have a chance sometimes.
2: Yep. You give them the old rope-a-dope. You, you let them have a couple threat and then bang you don't stun them and you hit them for a lot of damage. Precisely.
0: Well, that wraps up the first three villains. We won't talk about who the next villains are until next time. In case you haven't been spoiled or played the box yet, go play those last two villains and see what happens after your team inevitably defeats Thanos.
1: We done. We, we Thanos is the big bad. He's the last one, right? Oh yeah, well, yeah box look.
0: is
2: over. We're gonna go yeah. on to something else next episode. I forgot about
1: that. <laughs>
2: Stay tuned for the post-credit scene after Thanos.
0: Done, done,
2: done.